0: and find it out. We can't know God's ways if we don't get in His Word and we and find it out. Because if we get into that, it gets into a slippery slope to where we'll believe every little thing that we're told. Because somebody might portray a holy demeanor about them. Oh, he's got to know what he's talking about. Look at him, you know. And then they just tell you some garbage, and then we just hold on to that. When We're full of God's Word inside of us. We know instantly that Holy Spirit will be like, eh, I don't know about that. It's when we operate in this manner that we will see things change and God move in our midst. So it all comes back to following his purpose. So if you're a believer here this morning, that's what I want to leave you with. You have the most important key that one could ever possess. Amen? And you have a responsibility along with that to share the gospel to others so that they can gain access to the kingdom of heaven that we have. And we all know that we're living in the last days, the last of the last days. You know, we have heard it put that way a lot of times. And if we truly are changed inside and we truly have the Holy Spirit living inside of us and we're conforming to Christ, it should motivate us every instance more to get out there because we don't want to see anyone. It's not God's desire for anyone to go to hell. So that should be our desire as well, right? To not see anybody go to hell, so why do we sit by so idle and just let them go to hell without feeling condemned and convicted, I should say, to share this gospel with them, to share the good news of that? Because I'm telling you, there's a world full of hurting people for whatever reason. Those holes and stuff that I talked about at the beginning, that's what keeps a lot of people out of these doors. The shame of that, the love of that, and a lot of different things, but we can tell them that there is a better life, that there's a better way, and it's Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and have never made Jesus Lord of your life, make today the day that you take that step of faith and gain access to the kingdom before it's too late and the door is shut for good. You know, that's the other side of Scripture we don't talk about a lot. Is, you know, that Scripture talks about a time coming to where, you know, that door is going to be shut and the, uh, there's going to be no more calling, you know, leading out. That's on down the road, but why wait till then and wait to we don't know when that time is you know when well, we put this off and put this off we still got time but there's going to come a time where there is no time so that should motivate us by the holy spirit inside of us to share this with the lost amen, amen.
1: Hey, there we go. Good deal. I'm watching, making sure they staying awake, all back here relaxed. I hope all of you relaxed, kind of, are you? Not to relax the point you're going to go to sleep, you're not going to get anything from the message today, but I'm just glad you're here. It's good to see you all this morning. We've got a nice group, nice group of people here, ready to come and, and ready to praise God this morning. We already heard some words. We're going to hear some more, and, and so... Um, It's just wonderful to see everybody this morning. Amen. Amen. So, let's do this. Group participation before we receive our offering, okay? Group. Psalms 107, verse 1. Does anybody know what that says? I know Daddy does. He's probably back here. You know what Psalms 107 says, verse 1? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, right? So, this next part, and for His mercy endures forever. Verse 2. This is you this morning. If you're here in Jesus, Lord of your life, this is you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What are we to say? For the Lord is good. Come on. We got got to get. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. One more time. All right. We can all say it together. We all know it. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. We're the redeemed. We're supposed to say so. How can we say that? Because this next part says, Who delivered who has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy? He's redeemed us because we're redeemed because of what Jesus done, he redeemed us from the hand of Satan. So whatever Satan wants to throw at us, we're redeemed from that. We have power over that and victory over that through Jesus' name. So y'all ready this morning? Y'all ready to receive the word? Y'all ready to, to give back, to, to have something to where you can go out into this world this morning and, and live. The life that God's called you to live instead of being the same old, same old every day and getting beat down and busted and disgusted and broke and, and and emotional baggage and garbage everywhere. I know I'm starting out strong this morning. Come on. You ready? Amen. Well, give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Amen. Amen. So let's receive our offering and then we'll get into the Word. Amen. Already sweating up here. Do what? <laughs> Amen. That's fine. I know where the I know where the temperature is over here. We can crank that Joker down. Have people covering up with blankets and all kinds of stuff this morning. That's fine. Amen. As we pray this morning, um, we want to be praying for Jessica, Miss um, Brenda's Trembley's granddaughter. Um, as many of you know, she uh, she attempted to take her own life last Wednesday and, and shot herself in the head. She's still alive. She's actually doing good. Um, ended up being a um, a 22 bullet, and, and it's still lodged in there. But the doctor said we can't get it out; um, do more damage. But Praise God! She's still alive. She can get the help she needs. She can, we can pray for her complete and total healing, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and and all these things that are going on in her life. We can pray for those healings. Believe God for it, um, because she's still here. She's a walking miracle. God's obviously not done with her, and pray that she realizes that in her life and uses that to give God all the glory and honor and praise for it. We're we'll praying for Stacy Clemens, JJ's fiance, this morning. Uh, she's having some stomach issues and in the hospital, so we'll remember her in prayer. Um, personal prayer requests of mine and Gabby. I'll pray y'all put on your list every day for Peyton and Chaslin Carroll. Okay, pray for them. Pray for their for their uh, for their lives and, and for their that they will uh, come to the knowledge of Jesus in their life. And and so and, and we got these prayer cards. If you got prayer requests, needs. Write them down. If you don't want them shared with the team, then I'll pray for them myself, and, and keep those in prayer. We got people we send those out to, for prayer, and they, and they'll pray, and we'll join together and believe God in prayer for those needs. Okay, that's what it's there for. It's not to give out to everybody in church. Somebody knows your business. I promise. Um, so, so pray for that this morning. But um, uh, and and our intercessory prayer time. Let me talk about this before we pray. It's an important thing. I've noticed over the past few weeks we've had less and less. And I'm not, all right, I'll call you out. That's fine. It's important that we meet and pray. It's important that we pray. And I appreciate the people that do and strive to get there. And I know things get in the way. But we can be early for every other thing that we go to. Whatever we make an importance in our life is what we can be there for. And I appreciate you being here this morning. And, but there's things we can do to help ourselves come into this time instead of just coming in and sitting down. We can help ourselves. We can come and pray. You can pray at home, and if you do, that's great. That's wonderful. But there's something about com- community prayer like that, communal prayer, that we all join together in one, one voice and one accord, praying for that. And we're not praying for ourselves, as we're praying for others. We're bringing others' needs before God. That's what intercessory prayer is. We're bringing this time. God, use and move your Holy Spirit, move during this time. Use us in a special and powerful way. You know, I prayed this morning again that the, the constraints of time limits would be gone, that we didn't have to go in a certain special order as we sat down. Are we right now? We are, yes. But that doesn't mean the Spirit of God can't move and won't move. And work in your life this morning. You've got to make it a point to let him. You've got to get all these other stuff out of the way. Like we sung, come to the altar and and put those things there and leave them there and let God work and move. That's where we got to be. So as you pray this morning, pray for these needs. And and just a reminder, let's let's meet and and join together in prayer on Sunday morning so we can have the Holy Spirit move in here as He needs to and work in our lives. And then when He works in here, guess what happens when we go out? He works in us out there also. And we'll know it and we'll we'll be able to withstand anything that comes along our way. So, all right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love and we praise you. Thank you for this day and this time together for your word that's already come forth, for the praises that we sang this morning. Father, we just love and enjoy this special time together that we get to spend. And, and we don't take it for granted, but Father God, we use this time to, to build ourselves up with you, to lift your holy name up, to lift each other up and build each other up as you've called us to do in the body of Christ. God, we just bring these needs to you right now. We pray for Jessica. God, that you touch her where she's at. That Father, you continue to heal. Praise you for the good report that we heard this morning, that she's doing better, that she's up walking around. And God, this is not the end of it. It's only the beginning. God, we're going to see complete and total healing in her body. And we thank you for it. Thank you for it right now. God, we just pray for Stacy. Now that you touch her this morning, continue to heal her, give the doctors wisdom and understanding to know what to do and how to act. But this blockage and obstruction that's there, we tell it to go and come loose right now in the name of Jesus. And we just speak your word over it and the power of your healing word right now in the name of Jesus go forth from this place to her. And we thank you for that. We pray for Peyton and Chaselyn and, and Father, all the others that, that, that we know are here, that, that have children that, that need to submit their lives to you, we pray for them right now. And we call them into the family of God. We pray that they are miserable right now in their sin and in the lifestyle that they're living and will turn and go away from those things. And we thank you for it, Father. God, we just ask that you're with the rest of our time together this morning, that you touch and move and, and minister in a special way to each and everyone's life. We thank you for these tithes and offerings that come this morning. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And don't forget, as they're coming, that the children, we got a box set up in the back for them this morning as we talked about. If any of them want to give back there, they can. I forgot to mention that a while ago. I had it wrote down. Amen. Y'all still here? Y'all still love me? All right, so, good. Well, children, go to Children's Church. Everybody else, turn your Bibles to John chapter 13 this morning. John 13. It's good to have Becky and Tommy with us this morning. She's not in here, so it's fine. I know it's her birthday. It's his special baby girl, Becky's birthday today. I'm so happy. All right. <laughs> <No>, I, <laughs> uh, I guess she's getting so old her bladder couldn't hold it, she already had to go to the bathroom. That's what I'm going to tell her. <laughs> oh, my. All right, let's, let's get back on track, back to where we need to be. We're right here now. It's good to have fun in church, it is, and laugh and have a good time and um, enjoy this time together that we have. I don't get to see her that much, so I, I need to rib on her every, time I, every chance I get, even though it's going to be on camera and it's on Facebook Live, so everybody, you get to play it over and over. So, all right, so we all know Easter is what, in two weeks from today? We celebrate our risen Savior. We celebrate Him every day, but we get to and have a chance and opportunity to celebrate that day, not as the world does it. If you if you hunt eggs that day or that weekend, it doesn't make you sacrilegious. You're not going to hell because you hunt some Easter eggs, blah blah blah, all that, you know. But that's not the main reason we have Easter, is it? That's not the main reason we celebrate it. We, the main, it's just like Christmas, the main reason we celebrate it is Jesus. While we meet here every Sunday and every day we, we wake up, it's all about Jesus and what it should be in our life and what, what He has done for us and the example that He's given us that we can go out and live that life and show that to others. So, so that's what we celebrate. And, and so, today I want to talk about service, serving others. And I'm so thankful and humbled for the group that we have and the people in this church that come willing to work and serve every time we have something going on. Every chance they get, I do. because And, and it's, it's not a shock that you're here and do this because I promise that's what's prayed for. We pray for people to come in. We pray for them first to come in that their hearts and lives are changed. We want people to come into the kingdom of God, not to come into Victor Fellowship Church. Alright, you're not you know everybody knows here we don't have a church role. You don't join Victory Fellowship Church. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you join the body of Christ. You join the kingdom of God. Your heirs of God join heirs with Jesus Christ at that time. So we don't have those. And you know, we don't have a role and we're not gonna put it on the wall of how many's here, how many members we have and all that. What's important is that the kingdom of God is advancing, that the Word of God is advancing. That's what's important. It's important that you're here. And, you know, and and I'm so thankful and humbled all the time because I see the amount of people that want to work and want to help out. And it didn't always, it wasn't always this way. Marion and Debbie's been here for probably the longest, I guess. Have they been here longer than Wayne? So probably the longest. And you remember, there wasn't a lot of people that wouldn't come and work. I mean, there would be days where it would be the same two or three people trying to do everything, and then it got to where we didn't have nothing going on because the same two or three four people got tired of doing it all. And It's not like that anymore. It's wonderful. It's great. But And, you know, we pray for, for people to come in and their lives to be changed, but also people to come in and work and stand beside what, we, what God's wanting to do here. And that's what you've done. So it's not by mistake that you're here. I've been praying for it. Well, I know ever since I took over last year or a year or more ago, and I know mom and daddy prayed for it before then. So it's just an answer to prayer is what it is. Is it complete? No, because there's still people that need to be here. There's still work that we got to do. But if we're not out serving others, and they're not going to know to come in here, are they? If we keep everything we do here at church, that's great. We do a lot of stuff. We, we do more than we have in a long time. And, and people work and they do, but if we just keep it here amongst us, then what are we doing? We're just having a good time together, right? It's for us to go work and serve to draw people into the body of Christ. And so when I pray for people to come in, I don't pray that the churches are full so we can say, hey, we're a full church this morning at our church. What'd y'all do? So we can brag. It ain't about that. What I brag about it's, hey, we had this many saved today, this many baptized today. You know, people were set free. People got healed today. That's what matters. Not all this other stuff. It's other stuff's good. It helps bring people in. But what matters is what we're doing in the kingdom of God. Not for Victory Fellowship Church, but for the kingdom of God. So we've got to, we've got to draw that line and know what we're doing. so Jesus is our example of everything, right? He's our example from how we, how we live each day, how we pray, how we do, how we serve, how we love, all these things. He's our main and prime example. And so we look to Him when we don't know what to do, we look to Jesus, right? Why? Because He's the author and the finisher of our salvation. It's where it starts, where it ends. And, and so, so we know that we look to Him. But His whole ministry on this earth was to serve, right? We know that. He didn't come... And we're going to read that. He didn't come so he could be served. He came to serve others. And he showed us how to do those things. And one of the one of the main scriptures that we can read where Jesus is serving is is in the upper room during that last supper. We know that men or they walked back then with sandals on, right? A lot of times. They didn't have pavement, they didn't have concrete. They might have had some gravel, but it was all dust, sand, dirt, mud. Whatever was going on was what they walked through all the time. And, and it was, it was, you know, their feet got nasty constantly. The feet got horrible, disgusting. And we still think today of feet as disgusting. Gabby loves it when I take my bare feet and I'll just, no socks on, I'll rub them on her, on the bottom of her leg or something. She loves it. She loves feet. Hallie's the same way. Love it. Now they think it's disgusting. Why? Because most men's feet are disgusting. Women, y'all go and pay money for some somebody to sit there and yank on your toenails and cut and <laughs> do all kinds of stuff and scrub and, and do all that kind so your feet can look pretty and paint them up and do all this, be all smooth and whatever, which is great. I'm glad my wife keeps her feet smooth so they're not rough feet rubbing on me and I think i got another man or something rubbing her foot on me. <laughs> I'm glad she does it. But we consider feet nasty. If I took my shoes off right now, I'd be like, "Ah, what's he doing? Because most men, we put our socks on and our work boots on every day, and we go out and sweat in them. And then we come home and, phew, those are rough. Nobody wants to rub your feet at night, do they, men? Nobody. I don't even want to rub my own feet when I take my socks off. Why? Because it's nasty. You can imagine how much more it was back in those days, For somebody to come in and their feet be nasty, it was common for a lowly servant to wash their feet. Could you do that job? New guy gets that job all the time. New guy would be getting new servant in the house. Hey, that's your job. When do I get out of it? When I say you do, because I don't want to do it. And so we know that's that nasty job that nobody wants. You have been a helper on a construction site, you know you get the dirty jobs. You get the bad jobs. You get the ones that nobody else wants. Now we'll make the new guy do it. Well, I'm sure that was one of them back in those days for people washing somebody's feet. Because they didn't have gloves. They didn't go put some nitrile gloves on. Let me put these gloves on first and be sanitary. No. You just get a bucket of water and a towel and you washing feet. Cleaning out toenails. Anyway. So that's what Jesus. So let's read. Let's read. Let's start reading in chapter thirteen, verse one. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own, who who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And the supper being ended, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, si- Simon's son, to betray him, knowing. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all these things into His hands, that He had come from God and was going to God, so we know, we all know the story of, of the Last Supper, and when we, John's book is the only one that references the washing of the feet. You look in the other three Gospels, it's not there. So why is that? I don't know. That's just how it was written down. And and so the others do talk about Judas and him betraying Jesus and how that happened and. And what transpired from that. But Jesus knew that Satan had already come in. So they're in the upper room with Jesus. It's a good example that Satan's right here, right now, present in your life, in your head, if you, if you let him. Okay, if you let him. Judas had let Satan in already. He just had supper with the Savior of the universe. He just finished that. But Satan was there. Alright? So, so, like I said last week, Satan does not stop at the door. From tempting you and trying you and keeping you distracted from what's going on. He won't stop. And so he didn't stop with Jesus. He's not going to stop now. So Jesus washed the person's feet of the one that was going to betray. Could you do that? Could you go to somebody right now that has betrayed your love, betrayed your trust, and and say to them in a, because washing feet can be took as an intimate kind of thing. Because you're getting personal with somebody when you got their foot in their face. Okay, well, I, um, I'm, not, I'm not about, well, I'm not saying it's never going to happen. We've been in before, I think Daddy's done it before, we wash people's feet. I'm not saying I'm above that. God ain't called me to do that. He ain't said, hey, we're going to have a foot washing service, okay? This may lead to that. God hadn't prompted that yet, but if we do, guess what? You all need to be willing to do it. Why? Because Jesus is our example, and you can put gloves. <laughs> Gabby's face. <laughs> I know he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> uh. You can put gloves on, and a mask, and look like the little women up there in the, in the, uh, <laughs> at the store. <laughs> alright let's read on so Jesus was washing the per- feet of the piece, the person that uh, that was betraying him and so verse 4 he rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel that he has, that he was girded and so Jesus took off his robe and said, here, I'm putting myself here as a servant to serve y'all. This is me. This is me stripped down. So the Savior of the universe was washing people's feet. He was doing the job of a lowly servant person. Jesus was doing that. And his disciples, I'm sure, didn't understand what in the world was going on. As we're going to read in a second, Simon Peter. And Peter we talked about last week. And, you know, we know all that he done. And, and J.J. just read this morning, this is the same Peter that Jesus said, because of this, I'll, you know, you're the church. I'll build my church on this and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. So he'd heard that a little while before. So it's same Peter. He said he, he come to him and he said in verse 6, then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, you washing my feet? Question mark. It's like, hold up, Jesus. What do you think you're doing? You're not washing my feet. You're my rabbi. You're my teacher. I'm supposed to wash your feet. We got people for that. Let me bring, let me bring the servant, let me bring that servant in to wash your feet, to wash mine. You don't need to be doing this. What are you doing? And I'm sure Peter, a part of him was like, no, no, right. Jesus, you're too good for this. After all the stuff he's seen Jesus done and do in his ministry, he still thought, Jesus, you're above this. Get up. You're not supposed to wash my feet. You're not supposed to do that. But then Jesus told him in verse 7 and said, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Well, Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. That's the amazing point. He told him, to Get up, go away. You're not washing my feet. You're not doing that. He said, If I do not wash your feet, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So I'm sure they got Peter's head, just wheels are turning like, Hold up. So if I don't do this, then I can't be part with Jesus? So then he flips it back to himself, said, hey, so if we do this, the next verse says, hey, well, go ahead and get my head and everything else about me. That's where we'd be, right? I know I would be like, hey, oh, whoa, whoa. so if feet's not good enough, if feet's good, then let's just get all of me. Let me just get all of me watched by Jesus. And then I'll be that much more powerful and closer to Jesus when I get all of me watched. But he's looking at it from a physical standpoint. For what, for what you know, he could have glory out of, and what he could have, say, well, Jesus washed me, washed my whole body, so I'm better than you. Why? Because pride would want to start to set in, because we thought we had something different, than somebody else. Well, guess what? If you're saved, Jesus has cleansed you from head to toe, inside and out. That's, that's that's a sanctification. That's a process, and we go through it all the time, and we're redeemed. Like we said, the redeemed of the Lord say so, and and so. He He's there, and, and, and Jesus, he, he says, He says, You're not going to wash me. and He says, Yes, I am. He said, When Peter said to Him, Lord, not only my feet only, but also my hands and my head. So He was there. He went from feet to hands to head. He wanted everything cleansed. And that's what Jesus done when He died on the cross. And so that's what Peter couldn't understand. And I'm sure the rest of them couldn't understand either. Because, like I said, that pride was there. During and amongst this time, right before this, and we'll read in Luke, that there was a discussion going on in the upper room as the Last Supper is going on and they're breaking bread with Jesus, who was the greatest. So in Luke, Luke chapter 22, in verse 24, Disciples were there, and he said, now there was a dispute among them as to which ones be considered the greatest. Hey, I'm better than you. You know, I'm sure John refers to himself a lot in his gospel as the one that Jesus loved. So you know he thought he was the greatest. If you've watched any of The Chosen, they do a real good part, a real good thing in that series where it shows that discussion between the disciples and, you know, he calls James and John the sons of thunder and and all this. And and they, they think that, well, he asked me to do this. Well, he asked me to do this. Well, I'm just supposed to stand here? What am I supposed to do? So we get that way in the church, in the modern church today. Well, I'm not as good as Mark because he had not called me to be a pastor. Or I'm not as good as Pat or JJ or one of them because I don't get up there and preach. What do I have to offer? Well, you have serving others to offer. You have that. First and foremost, you had Jesus to offer the same thing we have to offer. You just do it in a different way. Because it's the body of Christ and everybody couldn't be standing up here talking or we'd be talking over each other all the time and nobody would get anything out of anything. It would be a bunch of gibberish. If you walk in here before church on Sunday mornings or, and, and it, you, everybody's talking, it just sounds like a lot of noise, don't it? And that's what it would be if we was all mouthpieces. Those is different things for each one of us. Serving is something we all have to do. Why? Because Jesus done it. Because how are we going to serve in here, and then expect people's lives to be changed, and we don't serve out there? And we're going to read about it in just a, just a minute. Let's read on. We'll talk more about it. Luke twenty two. And so Jesus said to them, the king of the Gentiles exercised lordship over them. So he's talking about the Romans at that time. And we know we see it in our, in our country today. Even though we're free America, we have people that want to, that lord over us or that are over us in a place in authority. We put them there, but when they get there, they think that they're better than everybody else and nobody can touch them and all this kind of thing. And we voted them in and they get mad when they act that way when we vote them in. Well, guess what? You voted them in. Well, I didn't vote for them, but still they're there. It's our job to pray for them. But, you know, they get this attitude. And you see it, all the award shows for Hollywood. Movie stars, for some reason, think that they're a better class and different class than us because they make a movie. There's pastors out there that have these mega churches that get into their head that people are not there for Jesus or God, but they're there for them. Why? Because they have a lot of followers. Right? Right? And and then they forget the reason why they're there, so they quit serving as they need to, and think that they're still at a different status, and try to lord over people. And you see it a lot. You see, they saw it then back in the Roman days, and you see it a lot in our day and time also. Why? Because we're a people. We want power. We want authority. We want a name, we want a status, we want this, that, or the other, and, and be called something, doctor this, or, or something that, or whatever, you know. And it, it, that's fine, if you've got to have a title, we'll give you a title in here if you want a title, okay. You can be Mr. Clean Up the Parking Lot if you want to be a title, we'll give you a title. But God don't work on titles, does He? He works as we let Him work in our life. He works let the Spirit of God move in our life and work in our life and let him use us. And so he said, the king of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, who, he who is greatest among you, let him be as a younger, or he, he who governs as he who serves, for he who is greater for who is greater, he that sits at the table or he who serves? It is it is not he who sits at the table. Yet I am among you as the one who serves. So Jesus saying, hey, I'm the greatest of all time. He, I mean, Muhammad Ali got that from him. I am the greatest. No, Jesus was the greatest. Jesus always is the greatest and will be the greatest. And Jesus had the title, He's the Savior of the universe. He's, he's a, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? He's all that. But he said, no, I'm, I'm one that sits at the table. I'm one that serves. I'm one that's washing your feet. So all this stuff about who's got to be greater, who's got to have a bigger church, who does this or who does that, it's all garbage in the kingdom of God. And until we all come together and do our own part in what God's called us to do, we'll always be trying to just... Think we're, be- think we're not as good as somebody or think we're better than somebody else or can't do this or that because it's above us or beneath us or something like that. And so we won't do it and we won't get in because we won't get into the kingdom of God as we need to. We won't look at what He's done. And so let's go back to, to John chapter 13. Well, so in verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my hands only, but also my my, my feet only, but also my hands and feet. And Jesus said, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. but But you are clean, but not all of you. So he's referring to Judas at that time. Not all of you are clean. But he said, you're clean. He said, I don't... He said, you've accepted me. You know who I am. You're clean. Okay, I'm telling you, you're clean. And but so it's not a physical thing. And, and that's what Peter was wanting. It's a spiritual cleansing, which when we spiritually cleanse, it's going to come out and we'll look clean on the outside, just like we're on the inside. Right. And, and so he says in verse 11, for he would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not clean, talking about Judas. So when he had washed their feet and taken their garment, taken his garments and sat down and said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Jesus done it. We're supposed to do it. Jesus serves others. We're supposed to serve others. The title of it was Serving Others equal Sacrifice because and if you're truly serving others it's going to cost you're going to have to sacrifice some things in your life you're going to have to give of yourself more than you really want to you're going to have to sacrifice first and foremost your pride that should be sacrificed anyway because Jesus is Lord of our life and our pride should be gone but we still have pride in areas we just, we got to get our pride out of the way we got to move that because when we When we have pride there and we walk into a situation and you know maybe that person don't smell good, maybe we're going to the house you're like, oh, i can't I can't do it I can't do it I'm not doing that washing feet, pride I'm not doing that, serving somebody, cleaning up, doing whatever i' that's that's above me, that's beneath me i'm I'm better than that that's that pride that wells up in us. why because that's sacrifice. We have to sacrifice things in our life. Jesus sacrificed the most of all, and we say we love him. We're going to talk more about love and sacrifice next week. But Jesus sacrificed everything to come here, didn't he? He sacrificed heaven to come here to earth to die for us. Not sacrifice heaven to come here on earth and live for us and live here eternity on earth. No, he didn't sacrifice that. He sacrificed heaven to come here be beat and died on a cross to save us from our sins. And if we can't sacrifice our pride in our own time and our things in our life, then how are we going to say that we're going to serve others as Jesus did? How can we say that we truly love Jesus and love others as Jesus did? So we've got to get our pride out of the way, our comfort level. I've heard a lot. I'm just not comfortable doing that. I've heard that about prayer. I'm just not comfortable praying out loud. I mean, I'm not comfortable every time I get ready to come up here on Sunday mornings either, okay? But guess what? I'm here every Sunday morning. Why? Because this is a part of service. And...